Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, themfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. Medterra CBD is where you can find all of your be- the best CBD products in all the land whether it be the cooling cream, the good morning pills, or Medterra CBD plus melatonin. Go there to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% every single time that you place your order. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. I've been on all of these podcasts, all 715 episodes and counting. This man on the other line is a repeat offender. He's been on the podcast before. He'll likely be on the podcast again as long as I don't uh, rub him the wrong way on this conversation. He's the great Jimmy Sloan. Jimmy, how's it going? Hey, Brad. It's been a while. Good to hear from you. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Great to hear from you as well. I'm really excited to uh, to chit-chat. Uh basically uh um catch up a little bit we haven't talked in in quite some time and uh that's because we're both extremely busy guys uh you're you're traveling all the time you're also uh you're in the gym with the crossfit as well as riding and uh and everything that goes along with uh your different endeavors and uh and i'm uh um asked in uh in going back to school man i haven't been a student for 13 years now i'm back at school so uh, that's an undertaking in and of itself we've been ships passing in the night but right now that all changes. Right now you're on the Big MX Radio podcast, and uh, uh, in the past you've you've been a sponsor of this podcast, you've been a guest on this podcast, and uh, more than anything you've been a huge supporter of this podcast over the years. And uh, I appreciate you making some time for us today. No, I appreciate the the good intro. And as far as you know, previous sponsorship support, I just always like to help the hardworking person that is ambitious, honest, but has that drive. And when I can help them in whichever way that is, I love to do it. And, you know, that's how you and I kind of met yeah, first the show, but I saw how, saw how hard you work and, and, and I love to support that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's actually kind of funny how, and we, we won't uh, sort of get, get into which sponsor it was that was helping me at the time, or I actually had approached the sponsor to talk to them. They were actually quite rude to me. And then I somehow got in touch with you as like sort of like a, that wasn't cool that they weren't really all that cool with me. Uh, and, and you could not only rectify the situation, not only then came on the podcast to talk about it and, and talk about motocross and, and all the things that you've been doing with it, as well as uh, with your son as well, uh, and your whole family uh, down in, uh, in Milestone, down in California with the Paris Raceway as well. Um, but also, uh, like you were able to put me up in, uh, in a house with your, our good friend, uh, Brandon, uh, in, in 2017, like I said, always a friend of the podcast. Um, but, uh, what, what's new with you now, man? Oh man. I mean, new with me in motocross or in life? Yeah. <laughs> There's well, a whole lot going those on. Things can, those things are, can be intertwined. They can be separated. Uh, I have noticed that you've been uh, twisting the throttle and getting some throttle therapy uh, in the last little while. What's what's new on the motocross front? Well, as far as the therapy of motocross, after my son died, I didn't leave my house, I think, for six months. Right. And my kids, like Renee Garcia, Sham and Josh, and there was a few other kids that my son were training that were really uh, good kids, real young, real, um, just really good, like personalities and humble. 
And I started to watch Jamin and Renee. They were starting to have some issues in their, their, their program. And they were with other trainers and doing their own thing and bouncing around. And, you know, Jamin was a podium kid. I started to see him get like a six, a four, a 10, an eight, a crash. Renee was getting hurt a bunch. And I just said, dude, like everything worked when it was me and my son. Everything worked when it was our inner circle. So I told myself, my son doesn't want me to sit here and melt away in a bedroom for the rest of my life. I need to, I need to accept what's happened. I need to put the program back together and salvage it. So it's not just a loss of everything of what's happened with my son dying. I need to come back and, and, and still fight in his name. And he's still there. So he's fighting with me, you know, in spirits. So I called the parents of Renee Jamin. Hey man, you know what? Like, let's just all get back together. We've all suffered, but let's not give up. Obviously they weren't giving up, but together we make the most dynamic team. And we all just came back together and I trained with Jamin and Renee and some other kids uh, that are younger than them. And, you know, they're, they're going to be names to reckon with soon. But in that, I wanted to be alongside the kids too. So when I'm not training them, I train myself and I work out them every day at a place called CrossFit Uncensored. We all do it together and it just builds a lot of morale, a lot of morale, you know, uh, between us and, you know, hardships in life, but you still got to find your blessings. And that's what I'm doing now through the kids that I train and uh, relationships that I have and, the animals that I raise and that I feed, it, it, it helps you to keep smiling. Absolutely. Uh, building that culture, keeping the positivity, and and, uh, and just creating that family atmosphere that you've been always so known for. Um, so on, on the life side of things, obviously, I, I'm, I was so deeply saddened to, to find out uh, about the unfortunate passing of your son. Uh, we, we grieved with you. Uh, we're still grieving with you, my friend. And uh, uh, I can't even imagine... Uh, what that's like, uh, you begin to relate really. Um, but what, what's been, uh, like sort of, uh, putting things back together and, and carrying on, uh, in, in the personal life, what's, what's been, uh, uh, that, that scenario like for you? Um, personal life, you just learn. I thought I cherished family and I did and friends and gifts there's a whole new perspective and going forward, you know, every day I make sure to make the most of my day and, and, and keep a positive attitude about it. And I just lost two of my cats this week that, you know, cats are just like my children, but like, I just tell myself, well, go make the world a better place as much as you possibly can. And, and that's what I'm doing now in my personal life really is I just do a lot of different humanitarian things. You know, I don't really tell the details of it because if I did, then I'm not doing it for the right reason. That's why you never see me on my Instagram talking about this or talking about that because you do it from the heart. That's what matters. Hey, Big MX listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors. We'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners. Let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sickwix is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles 
are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you gotta check them out. They're motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome. And you, pops and crackles just like a real fire and uh, it's going to make your garage smell better it's going to make your living room smell better and if you take them into the bedroom don't tell me about it but enjoy it you're going to love these candles and you can find them at sickwicks.com head there right now enjoy them and you're going to love them absolutely check them out only recently have the health benefits of cbd products been acknowledged by the masses cbd is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood in the past we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality Purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima Racing Oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy filming practice session, sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome program, and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program, and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like collective EX, I believe on Instagram. Uh, the collective XP is their, uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The collective experience, Dave Drake's over there, great friend of mine. And he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The collective experience, a proud sponsor of the big MX radio podcast. 
What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Hopefully you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's bradgebhart88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs. And uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, We do our best to uh, plug our sponsors and hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra CBD as well as uh, Maxima Racing Oils and uh, Fly Racing is coming on soon. And uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks again for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. Garrett, Dale, all, all my good friends that are listening, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast. And uh, thanks again, and uh, let's get back to the show. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, we welcome you back on the podcast, man. Like I said, it's been way too long since we last chatted. Uh, a lot of things have happened, pro motocross-wise, uh, amateur motocross-wise. I think the last time we t- chatted, uh, Jammin was still on uh, 85s and super minis. Now the kid has graduated all the way up through 125s. And recently I saw him on a four-stroke, which breaks my heart as a two-stroke guy. But it's great to see him uh, making his progress through. And I think the first time I actually had him on the podcast, he was riding 65s. So that really goes to show how much time has gone by. Uh, through the the podcast it's been uh, uh, five long years since we did the podcast I think we had you on the year during year one so that's pretty cool to see Um, but uh, the main reason why we want to have you on the podcast was uh, uh, basically to dispel some rumor and and basically set the record straight on uh, on some things happening uh, with some pretty iconic motocross tracks or one in particular uh, in in southern uh, California one that uh, I've ridden uh, a number of times going all the way back to 2010 when there wasn't even a, uh, a fence around the outside of the Supercross track, believe it or not, um, for, for people to access that thing. I think me and uh, one of my Canadian friends actually rolled onto there, uh, unbeknownst to anybody else, and sort of just made our way around just to kind of check things out. Was too scared to actually open up the throttle, but uh, it's, that place has seen a ton of different action over the years. Uh, and, and lately, I don't think there's a day that goes by without somebody uh, emailing me or getting my direct messages with some sort of rumor of when the last day is or what's going on with it. So uh, I would love for you to give you the opportunity uh, to sort of set the record straight with, uh, on what's, uh, what's happening with Milestone, what the, the prognosis is, what the process was. And uh, I really appreciate you giving us this opportunity to uh, basically have the exclusive on this. And this is where uh, people can hear about this first. Yes, definitely. And, you know, you're talking about Milestone. Of course. And, I've known you for several years, so when I decided to talk about it, because there is a lot of rumors and everybody seems to figure out they know the answers, I'm going to give you that exclusive conversation because, you know, that's who I want to do it with, and I've always appreciated you, and we've Thank just you. always had a good relationship. So, Milestone, you know, I hear every other day, and people approach you every day, and they write messages, and they put up posts, Milestone's closed Friday, Milestone's closed this day, milestones that it got sold to this company, it got sold to that company, and every is super rumored about it. And to answer the question right now, the reason why I'm talking about right now because officially, as of today, about two to three hours ago, before speaking to you, I signed on the dotted line for the first time. So everybody said I'd already done it, not I'd done it. I did. 
two days. And there's a big reason for that, that people probably don't understand. And I'll, I'll explain that a little. So from the day I ever owned motocross, the reason I bought Milestone in Paris in the beginning, right. and believe it or not, I bought, I bought Paula, but I got robbed for Paula. But I saved Paula at the time. I saved Paris and I saved Milestone. If I hadn't put up my entire life savings, there wouldn't even been tracks all these years. And the very first day I ever bought Milestone, within the first week, I was already having pressure from developers to sell Milestone. Now, the point, I'm enthusiastic. I don't want to sell it. I want to be pro motocross. I, I know how hard it is to open tracks. If you let something like that go, it's gone forever. And, you know, you get offers that a normal person would just take. When I tell you offers, I'm talking gnarly, gnarly millions upon millions of dollars offered every week up till today. I just didn't want to sell. And and my family and myself were motivated. But as time goes by, you deal with so much drama. Like, you can have a perfect prep track. You can be so excited and so many people are happy. And then you have that one guy that will always say, ah, there was a rock in the corner. Yeah, I do. Like, it's dirt. And you think we want to put a rock there? Like, we don't want to put a rock there. We didn't catch it. Like, it happens. We'll get it off. But it sucks to see you scream in my flagger's face, then scream my EMT, and then go to Instagram and smash us. You know? And then you get going again, and then there's a crash, and there's like four flaggers, six flaggers, let's just say. I don't even know, but you know, for the record, the other tracks in the area that are even left don't even have flaggers. We're the people who fly. We're flaggers. You know, Glenn Helen doesn't. And that's their program. I can only talk about mine. But if somebody crashes and the flaggers not lucky enough to be standing right there, right then, to react as fast as the spectator that's stressing out sees it because maybe it's their child, they just automatically assume we're negligent and we don't know what we're doing. But things can happen. Nothing's always perfect in life. And as days go by, you get worn down, you get worn down, you get worn down by the negativity. You start to lose the love for why you even started this in the first place. Meanwhile, you got a dude saying, do you want $50 million for your headaches to go away? Your family's telling you, dude, all we see you is stress every day and stress because every day you have some issue of the track. Take the money walk away but as negative as it got as hard as it gets you just still want to protect motocross so i kept holding then then i had a developer come along i don't really want to say his name because it'll create issues but he was a guy that was pretty ruthless he said i want to buy your property i said it's not for sale he said everything's for sale what's your number it's not for sale you know, you're the hundredth guy I've told no this year. Now you're the hundred and first guy. So he gave me a proposal and offer. Said, "Here's our offer." I rejected it. I said, "Don't offer because it's just not for sale." So then he kept pestering me and pestering me. He was just one of these guys that was just very aggressive. And he one day calls me and says, "You have your last chance to sell." I said, "My last chance?" I said, "I've already told you I'm not selling." I'm telling you now, if you're not going to sell, that's it. And I was like, what are you talking about? 
He's all, do you sell or not? I'm not selling. I said, okay. He hung up. An hour later, you know, people don't know this. We were closed down. He got so many violations. And then we were able to use some of our connections and make a few calls of different people we knew in the, you know, in the program that can make decisions like this. And they got us reopened before the public found out they all had to leave our track. We were literally closed for an hour, but luckily we fought back and got opened. But in the process, they uh, made us take our lights down, which took down a serious amount of income. That yeah, it was an attempt. To, to, it is an attempt to cripple my my business to force me out. Then after that, they start showing up, and when my customers leave a VP fuel can or a tire, they don't call them. They tag it, they document it, and they find me. Now I'm at a point that I'm paying ten thousand a month to pay people to remove a can, a tire, oil, because it's another way to hurt my business. And this is what I was told, end all be all, you're in the path of progression. I'm, 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 I'm south of the 10, a couple minutes. I'm north of the 60, two, three minutes. I'm west of the 215, five minutes. I'm 60 seconds from shipping train yards. So the property that we stand on has value. So, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in meetings with, again, I need to be careful like who names and just, you know, you go down to your areas and you, you talk in the cities and the counties and this and that. And say, Look, your tax dollar versus a bigger entity's tax dollar is a whole different story. And it's not that a track can't be in the counties or in the cities or the state. It just can't be there long forever. Right. So I was faced with the situation of uh, greedy developers, I guess I'll say, wanting to push me out and force me out by all means necessary to the point eventually I was going to get eminent domain and I'm fighting to stay alive. And I'm asking myself the whole time, why do I even fight for this? But every time I turn around, I get some negative backlash. I got people talking constant craziness on Instagram and they don't understand anything what it takes. And anyone that thinks they do, I invite them to come work for me for one month and then give me your opinion of what it takes to run a motocross track. My manager, Aaron Cook, he's a misunderstood person. Everybody has a personality and he's he's a person that that is very by the book. He'll set you a rule. This is the rule. And this is the result if you break a rule. And he's he's hard lined about it, but he keeps he does keep us in business. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen that dude down in the buildings fighting on our behalf. Because remember, we have people trying to close us constantly, and then people that want to sue us. We had incidents where uh, insurance found out because the guy crashed at Paris, and he made such a noise. The insurance called, and they said, if you have any more people out in that track, we will not insure you. And if we can't be insured, we're closed down. That's simple. So now we have to tell everybody you can't go on the track anymore. Now they're on this gram. You this, you that. You guys are a piece of this. You that, that. I'm like, dude, but you guys don't understand. And now I'm dealing with this, and I can't sleep because of the stress. And a guy saying, "Well, you didn't take fifty million. Do you want 60? 
what do you want? You know, so my mind starts to think. I went to Aaron. I said, Aaron, you want to get out of motocross? I, I don't know how much more I can take of this. What if I sell and we go do other businesses together? Because I'm loyal to Aaron. Of course. And Aaron, you take, you take more brunt than I take. Because you're the face every day that people complain and talk to and want to fight. And he said, dude, I used to love this. I bought when I first got in this, I bought my, I mean, sorry. He said, I used to do another business before motocross and I would go to track to ride my motorcycle, the track as my outlet. He goes, now I can't handle the place anymore. I go and ride a mountain bike as my outlet because I lost the love. And he goes, I don't know if I want to do this anymore either. I says, well, listen, if you want to hang on, I'll hang on. If you don't, and we've had enough, let's go do something else. Like, there's plenty of money on the table. And I says, but I don't, in my heart, as much as we get beat up, it's like I still have that fight for motocross somehow. And I don't want to ruin it for everybody that, because there are good dudes. There are some really good, nice kids, some nice adults that always compliment, always are positive. You know, someone like, you know, just to mention one name, Big Gizoid, the dude got a smile permanently. I met him a long time ago. And and it's people like him. And if I start naming a bunch of names that I know, it's just going to, someone's going to say I forgot him because I'm grateful to you know, several different people, even though I have some hardships with the overall and how people act. But those are the ones. And there was one kid in particular that I spoke to one day. He was, you know, 11 or 10 at the time. And I just saw his beautiful soul. And I said, you know what? told Aaron, I'm not ready to throw in the towel. If you want to stay on, let's, let's, let's do this. But I have a plan now. And he said, okay, what's your plan? I said, look, Milestone's going to go at some point. I know that. And I happened to have just found 80 acres. And in Southern California, if you want to open a motocross, it's virtually impossible these days because of the EPA restrictions. If you want to open one, you need to go 200 miles out of town to open. I found a property that was 80 acres, and it was zoned for motocross like in 1952 or something. And I I, I didn't want to believe it because I'd already previously spoken to the counties, and they told me, go down to the border of uh, California, Arizona, let you open it. I did. No one's going to drive there. Well, that's, that's your option. Because I was starting to explore ideas. So I knew Milestone eventually was going to go. And I brought this parcel in with my real estate agent before I bought it. I said, look, I found this. And in, in every parcel has what you can open there. And it said motocross truck. I said, is this true? They got out their records and looked everything up. And they were like, wow, that's, that's a needle on a haystack. I said, so can I do it? And, you know, we went back and forth a little bit. And they were like, if you do everything we tell you to do, you know, environmental studies and different things, and you go down all the line, it's going to cost a lot of money. But if you do it, yes, you can open that truck. I said, wow, I just came up with my move. So what I did is I bought a property. Then I, now I've been buying as much real estate around it to protect it. Because the reason why Milestone has to go, everything's encroached on Milestone. Yeah. So this 80 acres I bought built up around it. Like it's almost like it's, it's in a weird little spot where it's, it's almost like a, like to find it, you, 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 you wouldn't think a motocross track is there until 
it's you, you literally just pull into the the driveway and all of a sudden down below is the motocross tracks Zuh. exactly because now they're they made all the industrial buildings now over here in the city of paris along the 215 all those industrials are going up now here they're doing a six lane throughway from the 215 ethanol that'll literally end at the entry road to my new track i'm building now okay and I see that, and I see what the future problems will bring with that as an exit. We'll start, you know, putting gas stations, housing developments. And so I've literally, the last two years, any house that goes up for sale, any property, I've been buying it. And I paid a good $2 million for the track I bought now. Well, I, I almost $2 million, but I bought. 10 acres next door for my parking, which was 200 grand, so 2 million. I've spent already almost a million and a half in having to do different impact studies. I've dug wells, I ran around wires and lines and water pipes and built a guardhouse and fencing. I'm in the middle of construction. My, my, my initial thought was I'll take all my own money. I'll build up this new track. I'm calling it JS63MX. I'm building a track that's never going to be replicated in California again. I'm telling you now, the amenities I'm bringing is intense. My engineering team gets a little upset because I'm always coming with new ideas and they have to keep upgrading the plans. But you know what? I just want to make something beyond belief. And what I mean by that is I'm making a track that your mom, your grandma, your sister, your girlfriend, your children that may not be riding or racing can come to and have air conditioning and not dirt on them and, all different things. And we can get that another time. Maybe we're getting closer. We can talk about that track. Of course. But I figured when I can open that up, the timing, then I'll let Milestone go. So I can just do a flip-flop same day. But the truth of all, I'm just playing out of money. You know, like, I, I didn't realize how much it would cost to do these environmental studies and different things. And every time you turn around, they need another 50,000 from another 50,000, another 100,000, 50,000. And amongst all the different things you have to pay to open up, it's insane. So I'm at the end of my money because not just that, I've been buying everything up around the area to protect the track. So this track will never get forced to close. Cause that's, if you look at the history of tracks, as they get encroached, they always get closed. It's just the nature of it. But if you own everything around it, what I'm calling the impact zone, and I control it all, they can't ever close us because they can't complain on their neighbor if I'm the neighbor to myself. So there you go. Yeah, you're not going to call, call yourself in. No, I'm not. You know what I mean? So, like, that's my, my plan. But I found a group of guys that were just seem humble. It just seemed nice. They did everything they said to me. They didn't try any slimy shit that other dudes were trying to do to me. I said, you know what? You guys, you guys, because someone has to take it eventually. Your group is the one that I feel okay with taking it. And you respected me. And I respect you guys back. Let's go ahead and do that. And so as of today, one, two o'clock, I don't know the time, I sold it to them. But they're good people and they're going to go on and do what they do. And, you know, and, and they're the development group. It's going to a bigger entity, big, big, known, huge company in America. But they're the people that, you know, do the build outs and put it all together and push it through and 
one day it comes to life. And that'll be their, their dream to chase. My new dream is J63MX. But for the fact that I'm literally out of money, I was forced to sell Milestone a little bit earlier than I wanted to. But there was something pretty cool in the process of all this. There used to be a track called uh, Star West. That's right. I've been and there. through conversations, you've been there. So you know what it is. And it's, it, everyone knows it. A lot of people have a lot of good memories there and stories that they've been talking about since we reopened it. In the process, uh, that landed on my lap in a conversation with my manager. And we had an option, and we went in and negotiated to get it back open. And because it was a pre existing and on county fairgrounds, we were able to reopen it because these days, if like else are disclosed and if they don't have a reopening within six months which it has been over six months the conditional use permit is gone forever now elsinore can never be opened again the time passed so star west now state fair mx was on that same brink but we went in there i, I spent a few hundred thousand but and that was a hardship because i was trying to use that to open jf63 but i knew milestone was potentially going to go away earlier than i wanted it to so I just said, you know what? Here's a second option. The fast path still has two tracks. And when I open up JS63 next year, maybe uh, six to 12 months from now, we'll have three tracks. And that's pretty much the story. And I'm going forward and I'm really excited. I just hope people understand. One, I don't have to have a track for anybody, just so they understand that. I'm not obligated to own motocross or keep motocross alive. I do it for them the riders and the racers and next time they think about bashing me i just hope they don't wear me out to the point that i let j63 mx go and everything because now that the news is out about the six lane throughway coming and landing on my road on my new track i'm getting offers already for millions more than i paid for it i haven't opened i can sell it now and walk with a little four or five million profit and go do something else but why do I stay here fighting for motocross, plain and simple? And I'm not even saying I'm so passionate anymore. I just feel that obligation, and I keep doing it. And my manager's worn out, and he keeps doing it. And I feel sad when I see my flaggers screamed at, my water truck driver. And I try to talk to the people to respect and say, listen, like, I just want to talk to you. Like, we can talk. You don't need to scream. And as long as I don't get worn out, there'll always be motocross. But I'll tell you the truth, people can only take so much. And as of now, JS63 will be open next year, and I'm going to make the baddest facility ever heard of, the most comfortable facility ever, and let's go do motocross. Well, there you go. Now, I'm really excited to hear that uh, uh, State Fair MX, uh, it will be, is it open now or is it it's to be opened? It's open now, and it's really good dirt, and it's a unique layout. A unique style, so I love it because I went and rode there one day, and I woke up the next morning. And I, I wanted to go again because Paris has its style. Well, it's not just like necessarily the layout; it's like a style. Like Paris mm -hmm. has its style, yep, and State Fair has its style, and it's just a healthy mix, so you can get two different things, so you stay entertained versus bored. Oh, absolutely. Then, I was about to say when you were you were talking about State Fair is when it was Star West, a friend of mine and I went down there back in 2010. Uh, we thought we'd be we'd be smart. We'd go there uh, during the day and they actually had a night race that evening. So we're 
We'd go ride during the day, get the lines down, then come back the ne- the, that evening and do a night race. Uh, in that three or four hours that we were gone, they completely flipped the track in the other direction, and, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I couldn't believe it. it. It's just like that sort of thing is just not even fathomable uh, north of the border, certainly not around here in Manitoba. Uh, and I, I really got to like like hats off to that crew that put that together. But I think that's one of the, the unique things about riding and racing in California is those those types of things do happen. Um, so uh, I, I'm excited to uh, to see some video. I know uh, you guys had a ride day about two or three weeks ago i saw jammin posted some pictures from that so um that's uh that's a, a great asset to the community for sure especially with uh how many tracks that even i've ridden in california that are no longer uh available because uh, i'm pretty sure race town's no longer there is no anymore it's same thing with comp edge both tracks i uh i had some crashes at in in my time down there you know i spoke to the guy at comp edge and and, and he has other businesses and the same right. thing he, he, cause I bought a lot of his equipment off him and he said, look, Jimmy, I can't handle the negativity anymore. Straight up. We just, we didn't have to close. We just closed. Like we can't do it anymore. We can do other stuff. And I said, I understand. Trust me. I don't know why I'm up here buying your equipment. I don't know why I'm expanding, but I guess I'm still got some fight in me left. Keep all the negativity. But yes, 395 is closed. Comp Edge is closed. Elsinore is closed. And I'm the last one left. Besides, I mean, Glen Helen's open, but a couple days a week. Paul of San Diego County, but in the Inland Empire of Southern California, or what's left. And I mean, in some way though, like it's just I don't know. I'm still here. And yeah. State Fair, it was funny you said that because like when my son and I would come out from Arizona, we always knew if we came out, let's say on a Friday, we always knew we could race Friday night at Star West. My son used to love to pop up for a race on Friday night at Star West. Now, stay there. Fair enough. Well, I'm excited to, uh, like I said, see some post, uh, posts and videos. You know Biggie's going to be there. Uh, Zoid Man is going to make that place look like uh, a million bucks from his lens. Uh, and the uh, same thing with uh, JS63MX. That's going to be awesome as well. Uh, what's the prognosis? What's sort of the, uh, uh, like, um, the, the life expectancy on milestone going forward are the are the doors shut completely from now on is there a, a planned sort of farewell date uh i imagine like I, i'd like to think that there's some sort of like a uh something in the works to sort of let people sort of say goodbye to the place but uh if that's not the case then uh it's an opportunity gone by but what, what's the sort of that process going to look like for you guys as you uh pull out as uh um that's been a, a, a staple for uh, motocross, supercross, uh, and everything in between for a long period of time in SoCal. So today's October 24th. Yes, sir. I'll be open 45 more days, and it will be closed. And then I have two more weeks to vacate and flatten all the jumps for them and move on. So if you add 45 days to today, I think it's, you know, the end of November sometime will be our last day. And we'll announce all that. And, Maybe we can let people know so they can enjoy the last moments and realize what they love to hate. There you go. Get a last few laps. Uh, maybe someone finally uh, uh, work up the courage to jump that finish line. Uh, that always seems to be like kind of the benchmark of whether or not you're you're going quicker on that track is to jump that that finish line jump that's gone both directions about 200 times over its uh, over the time that uh, I've been going. Uh, out to uh, to Milestone as well as that big uh, step up in the back that uh, I believe last time we saw each other you were giving me shit about not jumping that thing uh, uh, first first lap so uh, um, 
yeah, I, I unfortunately won't be able to go down there to spin some laps, but I hope some other people do. Uh, like you said, 45 days from today, that uh, that lines us up with uh, it's basically just uh, just into uh, early early December, if not uh, almost right on the button as far as uh, uh, when that's done. Yeah, it's almost basically December 1st when you guys are completely out of there. So. Um, like that being said, uh, what are some of your, your best memories? I, you talked about the negativity of, of uh, some of the, the community and, and things people say about flaggers and water trucks and stuff like that. But uh, the beauty of motocross is there. there's uh, for every uh, negative story, there's usually uh, 10 or 12 uh, stories that are, that are really positive and, and some fond memories. So what are your, some of your fondest memories about uh, um, being a part of, of Milestone, whether it be uh, watching the Varises take over uh, – the the uh, MX Pro parts and seeing Jammin uh, uh, grow from uh, a 65 rider and even riding I think he was riding uh, uh, 150s for a short bit before uh, getting onto the uh, uh, the KTM's and stuff like that. What are some of your fondest memories of Milestone? I mean, I have some definite ones I'll tell you, but my newest newest fondest memory is really the Jammin at Milestone. We had a local race with the Swap Moto Series. It was his debut local pro race. And, you know, I've been working with Jammin since he was a pretty small child. Started on the 50s with him to the 65s all the way till now. He was on the 250. And when he was lined up for the pro race, I was there. And I just got a little dizzy. It was a real surreal moment to think, wow, we've been at this for 10 years. And the goal has always been to be a professional and he's racing his first professional race. And you can say supercross and outdoor professional, but at the end of the day, he's professional. And you always, you know, check where you're at when you go pro and you get the local races and see what you're doing. And then you eventually move on to the, the big pro races. And he'll be there at Hangtown, by the way. But there you go. I'm excited just, about that. I just, after the day was over and he raced, and he, he did win all his classes. And, you know, that was a good accomplishment that he worked for in his whole life. But I just sat on a chair for a minute and I just took it in and I was happy. Like Shaman's his dreams coming true. You know? And I've I've heard my skin stand out them out there all day with them in the sun. Yeah. And I've 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 spent a lot of time with him and, you know, my son and all the other kids, but to see the the goal being achieved, it's made me happy. And then other things like sometimes I'll like this last Sunday I I met up with a dude named Justin Jenkins. He does photos called Jenkins Photos. Right. Um, Zoid and a few other people. And we rode, we rode to Paris, but I'm just saying Paris because that's what happened this last Sunday. But in general, I'll, I'll go to a milestone or any of our tracks. And I love the, the bond with the people that you go ride with that are your real friends that you really have love for each other. And there's no secret hate or secret jealousy. And you just enjoy what you have a passion for together. And you go home and you wash your bike and you just think like, dude, that jump was so fun today or that perfect rut was so sick. And then you just have a good memory from it. And then sometimes I go ride with the kids that I train. And those days I ride with them. It's not about me telling them, get your leg up. It's... We just had a fun day together because you need that. Yeah. Because before racing and any of that, we all saw a bike for the first time and we knew that's what we wanted. And I love it when it stays that. 
like right before my son died, he was calling me because he had a, he didn't race anymore because he, he had enough of the negativity in the industry and all the politics. And he was every bit worthy of being a professional racer, but he just told me that I don't want to do it. I don't want to do more. I don't like the game. And I couldn't even argue with him. But right before he died, he called me up and he said, Dad, hey, do you think I can borrow your 450? I want to go ride. And I was blown away. I said, yes, yes, yes. Take it. Absolutely. A couple of days, I was out of town. A couple of days later, he calls me. Hey, Dad, do you mind if I borrow it again? I don't want to, you know, be taking your bike all the time. I've just been feeling like riding. I said, take it, Jesus, take it. And I just started replaying in my head, like, when he ever first got a bike and I got a bike, we just rode. We just loved it. We rode all day. And those are the moments that I really cherish. And I try to recreate those through my current relationships and friends and family that I ride with now. And that's been a milestone. It's been a Paris. It's been a Cahia Creek. You know, there's memories everywhere. Yes, sir. And if I could do it all again, I'd do it a little different way. But of all of it, I would make sure I was positive the entire way, no matter what. There you go, man. Well, uh, there's tons of stories like that within the sport of motocross, and I'm glad that you're able to pull some some really positive things away from uh, your time, not only with Milestone, but also the other tracks that you've taken on. And uh, I, I'm really excited to see uh, what, what comes of, uh, of JS 63 uh, MX. It's coming. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, putting uh, my knobbies in the, the soil, and I'm, I'm hoping that you'll still uh, cut, like we can redo uh the the video that we did back in 2017 like we're coming up on a three-year anniversary to that not saying i'm any faster than i was then but uh your skills behind the uh the camera are are pretty legendary my friend i'm I'm, I'm hoping that i can get uh some more uh video evidence that i do in fact ride dirt bikes every once in a while uh and, and might know kind of how to what i'm doing behind the controls i mean as far as speed you just gotta know now i never judge someone's speed (laughs) <laughs> I judge people on we love we love we love the same thing and not that you're slow you're speed yeah. but I just wanted to address that because you were talking that but yeah, yeah. you coming down last time and Ryan we made videos I loved it and Absolutely. you come again I'll have my camera again and we'll make another video and we'll make it a JS60 we'll make it a State Fair we'll make it a Paris make it everywhere I'm I'm, awesome. I'm down to do that I love making videos I love giving people the memory to remember through video because they can always watch it again and it feels good to do that for them and. Just to let you know some of the amenities of JS63. Of course. I have a lot of stuff, but I'll give you a few. Yeah. Give us a little so, teaser, a little taste. Well, people always want to watch their family rider race, and they got to stand on the sidelines, and they can't see past certain jumps. So in our situation, we're building a, an octagon. It's going to be about 20 feet tall in the center of the track. So you can go up to the top, and you can see everything where, where your person that you're there for is riding. But we're going to have windows. It's going to be sealed off, and it's going to be insulated because we're going to have an air conditioner. And I just know in the summer, people are like, it's hot, it's hot. Well, go chill and watch an air conditioner. You're good. Uh, and then, I like that. Uh, for, the racers, for the racers, we're putting canopy shading over all starting gates. And That's huge. canopy tunnel shading structures built for uh, staging. So you're always in the shade. And I'm I'm still teetering with this. I'm not married to it yet, but I'm on the debate of blowing air conditioning through the staging tunnel. That way, you just are cool before you race, and you line up, and you're not in the sun, the summer racing series, or any Saturday that's hot in the winter time. 
because it's California. It's hot and cold. You never know. And then uh, I'm putting in showers and bathrooms. So, you know, maybe you live a little bit of distance and it's on a Saturday and you don't want to go all the way back and do all this. Well, if you rent one of our bike storages, you could just roll your bike into the bike storages. So we have bike storages, like rentals, um, kind of like U-Haul. And okay. you can go and take a shower at the showers that will be turning me that, you know, they're riding. Get dressed out of your gear and getting your uh, going out gear, go to dinner or go out, whatever you're going to do. There you go. And I'm putting, I'm putting in a full gym for working out, CrossFit style or fitness, uh, weightlifting style, be your choice, but it'll be there as an amenity. A pro shop that's going to be dwarf anything we've done now. I'm building in a bunch of big buildings, warehousing for pro teams and or suspension motor companies, people to have all their stuff on side of our track and do their testing and their riding and all the stuff on location. Um, and that's probably enough to say for now, but yeah, no, no, there's that's, definitely... that's more than enough to get people excited about, uh, J six, uh, JS six, three, uh, MX, uh, coming, coming to you soon. Uh, 2020 really, really excited. And, uh, I, I can't uh, believe it. It's, it's all coming together, man. I really appreciate you giving me the time to, uh, to get this exclusive, set the story straight, set the record straight and, uh, and, and get people informed on, uh, on what is going on with, with milestone, what's to come, uh, with, uh, with motocross in Southern California. And, uh, this has been very informative and I really appreciate you making some time for us today. Definitely. And I appreciate you as always. And, uh, don't wait for the grand opening of JF 63 come down this winter, do some riding, make some videos. Absolutely. And no, I everybody will. else. I hope you have fun still. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Uh, you have yourself a great rest of your evening. Do not hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.